exercise your right to listen to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I eat them anyway? Every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. And Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And waiter, there's culture in my gazpacho. So it's about 3.30 uh, in California. It's 6.30 in the evening. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at food and culture in Kalamazoo. And also there are some things going on in this very town of Ann Arbor, as a matter of fact. It's also the first Pandora's Lunchbox of the summer. Finally, the summer. Maybe we'll have some summer weather. But... In the meantime, imagine, if you will, all the coleslaw you can eat. Down in Arkansas, they serve you coleslaw, chopped up finer than a bale of straw. When you crunch and all, a bunch of coleslaw keeps you chewing like a cross cut saw. Exercise your jaw by eating coleslaw. Best of goodness that you ever saw. You can break no law by wanting coleslaw. It ain't nothing but some cabbage raw. It can't be beat. Just a simple southern treat is fine with me or with anything you eat. Your chops flip flop. You're enjoying every drop. Your teeth go bop. You never stop. Yes, in Arkansas, they serve you coleslaw. That's good strategy without a flaw. It's a cinch to draw a plate of coleslaw. It ain't nothing but some cabbage raw.
Arkansas. They serve you coleslaw. That's good strategy without a flaw. It's a cinch to draw. A plate of coleslaw. It ain't nothing but some cabbage raw. No bread, no meat, no potatoes, and nothing that's sweet. All I want is a lot of coleslaw. Oh, Jesse Stone, thank you for that. In the immortal words, in the immortal mood, in Unimrood, I've already stopped speaking in sentences. In the immortal words of Jesse Stone, it's against no law to eat some coleslaw, especially now with Michigan's new medicinal coleslaw laws. But we're going to do a show on that in the future. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. And, well, recently I went to Kalamazoo, and wouldn't you know, food came into the picture quite a lot. In fact, it kind of smeared all over the picture, but it tasted good. So so a lot of activity that I found in Kalamazoo centered around food, beer, and desserts with ganache in them, and somebody who makes somebody who makes sunbeam toasters, but also sculptures. You know what I'm saying? So basically, if you go to Bell's, now Bell's beer made in Kalamazoo is all over the state. Bell's has what they call the eccentric cafe in Kalamazoo. In this cafe, they have such curios and items as, as a totally demolished a demolished keyboard that's hanging halfway up a wall. If you can picture that, I mean, we, I think you've, we've all seen demolished keyboards, but not too many are immortalized on the wall by the emergency exit. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm compelled to, to think about it and have dreams about demolished keyboards, but there it is. Not far from Bell's is, in fact, a place called the Water Street Coffee Joint. It's right by train tracks, and it had, would you believe, an Australian dessert that I'd never heard of. How many Australian desserts have you heard of? I I don't know. Well, Water Street Coffee Joint was in a little brick building that started life as a gas station in 1934. Well, one of the desserts in their display case was called an Aussie Lamington, looked pretty awesome. So see, it was a square-shaped sponge cake dipped in chocolate icing and coconut. Actually, this one was fancy icing. Fancy icing. It was a ganache, to be exact. So, okay, what's a ganache? Well, Wikipedia says a ganache is normally made by heating heavy double cream, then pouring it over chopped dark semi-sweet chocolate. <laughs> by the way, ganache comes from the French word for jowl. I'm not making that up. Not this time. So I had one of those lamingtons. It had some calories in it, you know. It had a layer of chocolate ganache in the middle, too. But I wanted to know, lamingtons in Kalamazoo, and what's the meaning of lamingtons, and what's in a lamington? Well, according to Wikipedia, most accounts of the creation of the lamington agree that it was named after Lord Lamington, who served as governor of Queensland, Australia, from 1896 to 1901. Uh, One claim actually says they were named after the town of Lamington, Scotland, but even among those who attribute the name to Lord Lamington, there are many claims as to the exact location and creator. One claim is that the Lamington's chef, the Lord Lamington's chef at Queensland's government house, Armand Gallad, was called upon at short notice to provide something to feed unexpected guests during the busy period leading up to Federation in 1900 when Australia became a nation. According to the Melbourne Age newspaper, 
Galat cut up some leftover French vanilla sponge cake baked the day before, dipped the slices in chocolate, and set them in coconut. Coconut was not widely used in European cooking at the time, or apparently in Australian cooking, but it was known to Galad, whose wife was from Tahiti, where coconut was used in cooking. Isn't it amazing how many desserts come from leftovers and became permanent? Ironically, Lord Lamington was believed to have hated the dessert that had been named in his honor, referring to them as those bloody, poofy, woolly biscuits. Well, they were even better than that sounds. Now, looking up more on Lamingtons, I found out about one Natalie Tran. Now, we're not in Kalamazoo. We're, Toto, we're not in Kalamazoo anymore, but we'll be back. This Natalie Tran is apparently the YouTube queen of Australia, a, a vlogger who does stuff about humorous everyday encounters. Apparently, at one point, she promised to give a recipe for Lamingtons, and apparently she never did. Since then, there have been a number of responses related to that. There's a Facebook page called the Lamingtons that Natalie Tran promised us. And then also on YouTube, there was this, would you believe, a Lamington rap I discovered here. Yo, yo, it's Freaky Fresh 1 and Freaky Fresh 2. And now we made a video just for you. Take a chance, take a guess about the subject. The first letter's L and the last letter's S. Lamingtons, Lamingtons. Yo, Nat, where you at? Lamingtons, Lamingtons. Here we go. Now you said you made the Lamingtons for us to eat, but yet you never gave us a recipe. Is it of sugar or pepper or maybe even cheddar? You girl, come on, don't try to be clever. Now I'm a little. That's getting a little. They're getting a little confused with the sugar and the pepper, and so you see what's happening. See, you know, um, yeah. So that that's what's happening on the interwebs. It is kind of a mini meme, mini memes that complete you and me. In fact. All about Lamingtons, and now you know. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, discovering Australian desserts in Kalamazoo, and this all being very near Bells, where you could draw a draught of beer and, in fact, sing a song much like this, but in German. Jetzt trinken wir noch ein, jetzt trinken wir noch ein, und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach Hause. Jetzt trinken wir noch ein, jetzt trinken wir noch ein, und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach Hause. Jetz
Und dann machen wir eine Pause. Und in der Pause, da ist mir eine Wurst. Denn nach so einer Wurst kriegt man immer wieder durch. Hm. Dann trinken wir noch eins, dann trinken wir noch eins. Und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach goodness yes those were the comedian harmonists and let's have another beer there's an exclamation point on that so there's no questioning that one comedian harmonists wonderful wonderful this is pandora's lunchbox a show about food i want to mention that at seven o'clock it's face the music and our wolf and ed special have assembled a collection of music by the late lamented the great Wildman Fisher. He passed away recently, and Arwolf and Ed Special have selected some music from him for you at 7 o'clock this evening. Now, it's uh, almost a quarter to 7, and I want to take a moment. We've been talking about Kalamazoo and Australian food that happens to be found in Kalamazoo and demolished keyboards. And But let's take a moment to go to Ann Arbor, where this is where we are. That didn't take long. Um, the Ann Arbor Summer Festival is going on. Hopefully, there's not a lot of rain right now. The Summer Festival is featuring an amoku, which is kind of like a lamington. No, it's not. The amoku is a creation by the UK's Architects of Air. It's a 10,000-square-foot network of inflated domes and pods for visitors to wander through. It's at the University of Michigan's Palmer Field I believe it was installed today. It should be there right now, as a matter of fact. It's called the Amoku. So there you go. Other things happening in Ann Arbor. Well, the Ann Arbor Summer Festival continues for a few weeks. But a bunch of coherent, concise, coinciding coincidences are also going to commingle with the... Um, Next Tuesday, next Tuesday, there's going to be a celebration of carillon music. Well, a lot of stuff happening. First of all, on Tuesday... At the Ann Arbor District Library, actually, I'd better double-check where this is. You should go look this up. It says, it's brought to you by the Ann Arbor District Library and the Michigan Theater. Here it is. At the Michigan Theater, here we go, there's going to be a 1936 film, a silent film made in Ann Arbor. Talk about making films in Ann Arbor. You know, it's been happening a lot lately. Well, it happened in 1936. A silent film made in 1936 called Backpage, a Super Colossal Production. It was made by the Ann Arbor News staff in 1936. It was a tongue-in-cheek look at the Ann Arbor News chronicling a day in the life of the Display Advertising Department staff. This will be at the Michigan Theater at 5 p.m. next Tuesday, June 28th. Also on June 28th, all bells in the city of Ann Arbor will ring. There will be a carillon recital at 12 p.m. That's next Tuesday. There will be carillon recitals throughout the the day, and there will be a grand opening of a new exhibit on bells at Hill Auditorium at 7 p.m. 
next Tuesday. A bunch of Carillon stuff going on because there's a, a World Carillon Congress going on in Michigan. Also, the Ann Arbor Book Festival has moved to June from May. It'll include a street festival on Saturday, June 25th at the same spot as Top of the Park, but it will be from 2 to 5 p.m. on Saturday, June 25th. Lots of things and stuff at the same time simultaneously while also happening. Right. It's WCBN, and I was in Kalamazoo, as I was saying earlier, and nearby the Bells Eccentric Cafe, nearby the Water Street Coffee Joint, where we just visited to have one of those Australian lamingtons, I also found just around the corner a couple of blocks away, a place called the Emporium, where I met a fellow who is the missionary of junk. Mr. Miedema is his name. And uh, let's uh, hear from the fellow, shall we? You have a sign here that says you are a, uh, it's a ministry of junk, or you're a minister of junk. Could you tell me about I'm, that? I, I want to say that I'm a missionary in junk. Missionary in junk. Missionary in junk. Dealing with every walk of life of all the people that are around the area, uh, due to the fact that I worked in a mental hospital one time, I all knew about all people with issues. So we have street people, we have people from every area, every type of, of uh, background come here to the Emporium. So you have to be very flexible to deal with every, each and every one of them, which some people cannot do. No, that's what, they're not, so I always call myself a missionary. Okay. So uh, it's not really junk, although it's kind of a fun right. word for it, but tell me what sort of things you have. Well, we have mostly case good items, case goods being all wood items, not much upholstered furniture. People today are looking for chest of drawers, open bookcases, sets of chairs, things that are very functional and usable. And they don't want to be buying any of this new paperboard, fiberglass, whatever stuff that they're selling in some of the stores because our customers just don't like it. So, But it ha things have to have a flair. There's got to be a little something going for it to be able to sell it. And things in good condition, people, things that the uh, elderly people years ago have taken good care of, and if we can find those things, they sell right away. The store's been here 42 years, and people from all over everywhere come here. We're open evenings, two hours a day. Think about it. People work in the daytime. There's no need to be in open daytimes. Two hours a day at night, and lots of people come, Saturdays and Sunday afternoons. So how do you decide uh, what to buy? What, what's your criteria? The, the customers will tell you what to buy. When you work in a store and you're emotionally in, tuned in to what customers want, soonly you learn what they'll buy and what they won't. And the meantime is uh, customers have taught me a lot. And since I'm not really a book learner, I guess you learn by hands-on doing, learn by doing, and learn by seeing and not so much books. Customers will come in and you'd be surprised what they'll tell you. And uh, in fact, today, uh, I uh, had an item that I don't know nothing about, but I knew it was good. And uh, a customer bought it and didn't flinch at all when I told him how much it was. But it, uh, it was a tool, uh, a, a carving tool. And uh, even though I'm not in the tool business, I once in a while we pick up things that we do know about. Okay. And uh, you have to have a wide variety of dishes uh, we don't sell many dishes in the store, but I'm well aware of what they're worth. And uh, Orientals, uh, some collectibles aren't worth anything anymore. People have been greatly misled about some of these collectibles that they've been trying to sell, and you can't give them away anymore. Yeah. All your Hummels and your collector's plates and uh, a lot of that stuff. Beanie Babies, it's all gone down the tubes. And I think most people who have that type of thing know that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what exactly inspired you to open the shop? What inspired me was was uh, when I was young, my mother died when I was 11. And 
a neighbor lady used to go to rummage sales, and I'd go with her, and this has been 50 years ago. And I was so fascinated by the old people and people dealing in used merchandise that I just never, ever left me. And so uh, 42 years ago, I opened this store, and we're still here. It's called the Emporium, and if you don't know what Emporium means, you look it up in Webster's Dictionary because it tells you it's a place of trade. So it isn't a made-up word. today when you go to the box stores you never get to know your customers you never um, uh, you, they just take your money and sometimes they can't even count change back to you because they don't know mm -hmm. but uh, in this store uh, we learned the old way and I am a senior citizen I'll soon be 75 years old and we've learned a lot in our day and if you can have enough emotional intelligence to, to pick out people and to wait on them and to, to know their needs and their wants uh, it certainly helps to make a sale
Thank you, Mr. Miedema. Mr. Miedema, the missionary in junk at the Emporium in Kalamazoo, not far from food, in fact, at all, not far from the Water Street Coffee Joint, not far from Bell's Eccentric Cafe. And these are some of the things and people and experiences I had on a recent visit to Kalamazoo. I think an underrated city, wouldn't you? I think so. Don't have much time to do this last thing here, but I do want to mention also in Kalamazoo, something of a landmark, some say for good, some say for very bad. In 1940, this is according to Roadside America, Alfonso Ianelli unveiled a fountain sculpture titled Fountain of the Pioneers. It depicted a blocky, art deco-ish white settler and a man in a Plains Indian headdress. It was meant to represent the banishment of the Potawatomi people from Michigan to Iowa in the 19th century. Ian Ellie wrote at the time that the Indian is shown in posture of noble resistance, yet being absorbed as the white man advances. Other people, however, saw an Indian kneeling in submission to a white guy who was hoisting a big big club, says the fellow on Roadside America. It's difficult to tell who is right, given the vague abstractness of Ian Ellie's design. Now, Ian Ellie himself was quoted as saying, I wanted to see suggested the progression of the growth of Kalamazoo, the efforts of the pioneers, the romantic sadness of the vanquished Indians, the onward strides of the industrial accomplishments, the prolific richness of the country they were blessed with, the tower symbolizing the pioneers' advance and the Indians' stalwart and fateful resistance. So there are a lot of opinions out there. Some folks have said it's racist. It should be removed. It was built in 1940. It's somewhat crumbling in the city of Kalamazoo in Bronson Park in a pool. It's it's in a fountain, actually. And you can find out more about it at under... It's called the Fountain of the Pioneers. Now, coincidentally to a food show, this artist, Alfonso Ianelli, also designed toasters for Sunbeam... Is this not America? I would say so. Some supporters say the it's not it's 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 more abstract than than critics say. There's no sign of bent knees, says one person. There are a lot of opinions and definitely worth looking into and definitely worth reading up about. So it's called the Fountain of the Pioneers, and it's in Kalamazoo. Thank you for joining me on this trip to Kalamazoo in Ann Arbor. We're in Ann Arbor in Kalamazoo. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a while. It's gonna that's gonna go on for a while. Coming up at seven o'clock in just a few minutes, face the music. Arwolf and Ed Special have collected songs, music of Wildman Fisher, who recently passed away. Ed Special and Arwolf have said much in the past about Wildman Fisher and the unique musical legacy and They've decided to create an album of an album, an hour, I should say, of music for you of Wildman Fisher, and that's going to begin at seven o'clock. In the meantime, let's go out with Timothy Monger, who has a new album out, an artist from Southeast Michigan, talking about breweries and toasters and lamingtons and so much more. Those are all between the lines, but this is a song called "When I'm a Happy Drunk." This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. When I'm a happy drunk Head in the clouds where the sun shines nearer When I'm a happy drunk My mumbling eyes can see clearly 
We may allow ourselves a brief period of rejoicing. After the war, new technology revolutionized the electronics industry. Television threatened to destroy radio, but another invention, the transistor, made radio more important and useful than ever. Radio lives today as a vital medium for bringing news, discussion, and music to millions of listeners all over the world. You are listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. Go to Rhino Records on Westwood Boulevard. Go to Rhino Records on Westwood Boulevard. They have nice people there. They'll show you where the records are. Where are the records? They're over there. They're all over the place. Go to Rhino Records on Westwood Boulevard. Go to Rhino Records on Westwood Boulevard. You can get Herb Albert and Jackie Lomax for 40 cents. Da-dum, da-dum. Da-dum, da-dum. Go to Rhino Records on Westwood Boulevard. Go to Rhino Records. On Westwood Boulevard, on Westwood Boulevard. Mother. Hi, Mother. Hi. 
love you, mother. I always love you, mother. My name is Larry. My name is Larry. I have a sister. Her name is Joyce. My name is Larry. I have a grandfather. His name is Grandpa. Hi, Grandpa. Remember Grandpa when I used to go over to the house and you wouldn't let me go into the, uh, into the, um, 